0: Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L.com, where we are always liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to 2019. Starting off with a bang. Hey, I am so excited, guys. We get to add a new terrestrial station to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne, Florida. This is in the Miami area. This is, I welcome my fellow Floridians to your daily dose of constitution, truth, and principle in the face of of fake news and propaganda. And I want to, you know, we, we've been talking this week about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about the trend that I'm seeing in the media, in the propaganda being put forward about the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary. So we need to cover this today. And I'm going to start off by reading... Part of Patrick Henry's speech, you know it as the give me liberty or give me death speech that he gave March 23rd, 1775, but I want I want to read uh, a part of this speech. I don't know if I'll read all of it, but a lot of it has to do with uh, the kind of Perspective and principled approach that we should be deal- we should be using when dealing with the administrations in government, people in government, and I, I, I think it's a perfect little lesson for us. And um, he says, and this this is into the speech. This is not the beginning. He says, Mister President, it is natural to man to indulge in the illusions of hope. We are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth and listen to the song of that siren till she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be the number of those who, having eyes, see not, and having ears, hear not, the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst, and to provide for it. He says, I have, and you've heard me quote this portion a lot, but he says, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way of judging the future but by the past. And judging by the past, I wish to know, What there has been in the conduct of the British ministry for the past ten years to justify those hopes with which gentlemen have been so pleased to solace themselves in the house? Is it that insidious smile with which our petition has been lately received? Trust it not, sir. It will prove a snare to your feet. Suffer not yourselves to be betrayed with a kiss. Ask yourselves, how this gracious reception of our petition comports with these warlike preparations with which cover our waters and darken our land? He goes on to give the the observations of how they've sent ships and troops and and stuff like in uh, what he calls a martial array. He says, can gentlemen assign any other possible motive for it? Has Great Britain any enemy in this quarter of the world to call for all this accumulation of navies and armies? No, sir, she has none. They are meant for us and they can be meant for no other. They are sent over to bind and rivet upon us those chains which the British ministry have been so long forging. And what do we have to oppose them, he says. And he goes on to, to, to talk about this even, sir, and he, he, even more. And he says, I beseech you, sir, deceive, uh, I beseech you, sir, which I, I, I've lost my line here. OK, I beach, I beseech you, sir, deceive ourselves, sir, we have done everything that could be done to avert the storm, which is now coming. And he wants us to understand, to look to history. Now that doesn't, obviously in much context, in in many contexts, especially in the context of the Constitution as we're teaching it, that means to go, go back, go way back. But here Patrick Henry is telling us even the immediate history can be a teacher to us. Even the immediate history is what we're supposed to be looking at to make sure that we can judge the actions of people. How have those people behaved in the past? How, how it, it, it will necessarily dictate how they're going to behave in the future in spite of what their words mouth before you. What have their actions told you? Now, I, you know me, I'm a recovering liberal. I was a hard, former hard socialist. So I will tell you, I believe with all my heart and my soul that people can change. But upon the profession of that change is not where we draw our conclusions. It is upon the action of that change that we begin reassessing our conclusions and until i actually see some kind of palpable and prolonged change i will not trust the words of those who simply mouth this ideology that oh well we you know we we are now on board with the founders we're not and i and i tell you this because it came to my my attention this article an opinion piece written by John U, U. and James Phillips, an opinion piece on FoxNews.com titled "2019 Could Be an Incredible and Historic Year for the Supreme Court," and here's why. Now I'm going to tell you, I I had a really hard time keeping a straight face as I was I was looking at this. Uh, no, I I'll I'll can I just admit to you. That I laughed out loud. I did. In several occasions. I don't mean that any disrespect to Mr. Yu. Uh, Perhaps he enjoys the the phantom uh, hope. But I'm a little bit more cynical. A little bit more realistic. And I want to see fruit. I don't want to hear some tree talking about all the fruit they're going to give me. I want to see the fruit on the tree. And he says. This year has had... Has the potential to be historic for the US Supreme Court with justices with, okay, so I'm sorry, I didn't even get past the second line. With Justice Brett Kavanaugh replacing the inconsistent Justice Anthony M. Kennedy, conservatives have the majority on the court for the first time since 1936. So, those of you who are awake and aware, go ahead, I'll give you a few seconds to start laughing. <laughs> And those of you who've been listening to the Chris An Hall show long enough, and have all here, here we go, and have already noticed the opinions of Kavanaugh that have proven our predictions already true. Know that Kavanaugh is not a conservative, nor is he an improvement in the replacement of Anthony Kennedy but merely an exact duplication of Anthony Kennedy. So if Mr. Yu wants to classify Anthony Kennedy as an inconsistent justice, then he's going to have to say the same thing about Kavanaugh. And this idea that conservatives have a majority on the court is laughable. I mean, you have nine Supreme Court justices, that means you have to identify five conservatives. Nope, can't do it. Absolutely cannot identify five conservatives. Now remember, we're justing we we are now uh, judging these people by the terms of Mister U as conservatives, not as constitutionalists. But in this article, Mister U makes the improper. Conflation of conservative to be equal to constitutionalist. And we're going to get into that, obviously, as we move down this article as our training tool for the day. But sticking now with the definition of conservative, not equating that to a the definition of constitutionalist, a conservative justice so far. You could say, uh, so far, Gorsuch has been a conservative. Thomas is a conservative. Alito is an inconsistent conservative. And that's it. Roberts is not a conservative. Anybody that would profess to me that Roberts is a conservative is, is simply absolutely It's a ridiculous supposition. There is no way that John Roberts is a conservative. Uh, Not even, uh, not even by the definition of that word, conservative. How many? uh, you, You go back and look at his his opinions. His his opinion in the Affordable Care Act would simply eliminate him as being a conservative. But what is interesting is that he's kind of schizophrenic. John Roberts is kind of schizophrenic in his opinions. He 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 drops in conservative nuggets in the midst of his liberal definitions and applications. So maybe maybe I I spoke too soon. Maybe Roberts is a conservative at heart. But he lacks the courage to be conservative and then just simply offers opinions as a liberal to save his neck, his skin or whatever is happening there. Liberty's lobbyist, Chris Ann Hall, has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We are going to be talking about the Supreme Court, the federal judiciary today, and this Phantom of hope. I you know, I just have to I, I, I have to classify it as propaganda because it's absolutely not supported by facts. And then I, I see these things, I see this trend in media propping up the Supreme Court as this new glorious conservative body. And I have to the cynic in me has to come out and say, um why? What's with the push on this? I wonder. Are are these people trying to push the Supreme Court? Maybe they're trying to the, embolden them into an ideology, into a courage to m- offer their opinions, to give their decisions, based on the constitution and 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 actually think that there is a conservative constitutional majority in there so when they go back to deliberate that they'll have the courage to actually uh render opinions more conservative because they think because they they think in their minds that they actually have a a conservative majority but uh alito is is uh, is inconsistently conservative. Thomas is conservative by the definition of conservative. Gorsuch has proven himself to be conservative. Now remember, conservative is not constitutionalist, but has con- proven himself to be conservative. Roberts is schizophrenic in his conservative nature. Um, but that's four. And that's not a majority. And if you take the consistent conservatives, you have two because Breyer is not a conservative, Kagan is not a conservative, Sotomayor is not a conservative, and Ginsburg is not a conservative, right? You you simply do not have a conservative majority. That statement is not true. And I'm looking at this article by John Yu here on... uh, on Fox News opinion the the article is titled 2019 could be an incredible and historic year for the Supreme Court and here's why and in the w- the second paragraph he says more importantly for the first time in generations a majority of the justices on the court believe to varying degrees in interpreting the constitution according to its original meaning now, this is the point where I'm laughing out loud. Somebody needs to tell them that. Because even if you have this, this Supreme Court that you believe is, uh, I don't know, a conservative majority, that does not equate to original intent conservatives. I realize, or constitutionalists, I realize that there was an enormous effort put forward um, to, to proffer that, that Kavanaugh would be, a, would be a, a, a Jeffersonian original intent Supreme Court justice. But we told you, looking at, remember what Patrick Hen, Henry said, the the only lamp I have is the lamp of the past to know the the to light the way to the future. So this is this is our our visual understanding of Kavanaugh. He is not a Jeffersonian. He is not an original intent guy. Je- uh, my goodness. The opinions that Kavanaugh has offered on, on uh, uh, health care, on the Fourth Amendment, on the First Amendment, and things in, in private business ownership and eminent domain and the police powers. There is no way you can even remotely, even remotely assert that Kavanaugh is an original intent guy. No way. At this point in time, Gorsuch is, is in my humble opinion, the only true original intent guy that I have seen in the decision so far. Thomas brings up a close second, Alito, when it's comfortable for him, then, you know, he will offer up the same opinions. But when these justices side in the favor of unconstitutional authorities that are being exercised by the federal government because the Supreme Court said they could in the past, or because Congress has written some kind of law, then they disqualify themselves as original intent people. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, I want to mention to you January 18, 19, and 20 is our. Uh, in defense of liberty training that we have going on in Texas. Now, we have people coming from all over the country because this is a big deal. You will get trained. uh, This uh, one-day training, an $800 value, you're not even paying half of that. And uh, so uh, we have family. We have a family of four taking their family vacation to the In Defense of Liberty training. You're going to get a class on the right to keep and bear arms. And using the history that Patrick Henry is talking about, you will have uh, one, depending on your choice, one or two days of firearms training on the range and one or two days of, of hand-to-hand self-defense training in the dojo given by I, My humble opinion, one of the, the best instructors I have seen so far, his name is Larry Stevenson. He goes by the moniker of the Bearded Black Cowboy. He has his own podcast show, so you should look up the Bearded Black Cowboy and see what he's doing. Look, I would not have joined up with him if I did not believe in him. He has, he has trained our son, Colton, as a matter of fact, we have sent Colton to him twice now. And I, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't send Colton anywhere else. And so I, because this is my wholehearted endorsement of uh, Larry, I am I'm bringing this to you. We have joined up with him to bring this to you so that you can experience and get the training that you need to be the well-armed Militia—that's what that what word, what those words mean in the Second Amendment. A well-regulated is a well-trained, and that's what we lack in America. I believe we lack fundamental, just like our constitutional education is lacking. We lack fundamental training on the right to keep and bear arms, and this. In Defense of Liberty, you can find it at K R I S A N N E H A L L K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. We've got a family coming from Florida, flying to Texas to do this. So our new Miami people, come on. You want real firearms training. You need to get on board with this. And um, uh, go to chrisannehall.com. click on the In Defense of Liberty banner. And you can um, be a part of who we are and what we're doing, and um, so that's just to let you know about that. We still have some slots left. Now there will not—we're not, not going to be accepting people at the door at this time because we have very limited seatings, and we can't have people showing up saying, "I want to go," and we're like, "Sorry, you know, we we're we're out of room." So make sure you get signed up now. John, you, Fox News, trying to convince us that for the first time in generations, the majority of justices on the court believe to varying degrees in interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning. I hate to get bogged down. (laughs) I hate to get bogged down in this singular paragraph. But this whole... Varying degrees thing. I'm tripping over it here, people. I'm tripping over it because I'm trying to figure out how is it that that we can classify people as justices as uh, interpreting the Constitution according to its original intent, and then throw in that varying degrees thing. Maybe it's because you know, as uh, Congressman Tim Wahlberg said, I might. And I'm a a, a purist, right? But either you follow the original intent or you don't. Because you see, here's the thing. Original intent, by its definition, requires that you don't have varying degrees. The very nature of varying degrees eliminates the possibility of following original intent. He says this could produce a return, and th- this is John, you know, this could produce a return of humility <laughs> to the judiciary. Holy stinking cow. Now we're really looking for pigs to fly. You, it, it, so... You know what? I hate to speak out negativity, but look, we have been breeding federal supremacist judiciary since 1830. Our judges do not leave law school with an understanding of original intent. They do not leave law school with any sense of humility. Are you stinking kidding me? Law school is the antithesis of humility. I've been to law school. I sat through the orientation on the first day. My husband was sitting there next to me, and we left the thing, shaking our heads, going, now we know why everybody thinks that lawyers are a bunch of arrogant jerks. Because that's what law school breeds. You sit in the very first days of law school. You f- your head is filled with all this propaganda about how great you are, how brilliant you are, and how much the world needs you because everybody else isn't as brilliant as you are. Compound that with with decade upon decade upon decade of of precedent confirming that judges are the ultimate and sole arbiters of the entire constitution and entire universe of law that nobody can overturn the supreme court but the supreme court and when the supreme court overturns itself it's simply changing its mind it's never even really admitting that it was wrong in the first place so i'm sorry I'm not going to be able to swallow down the humility returning to the Supreme Court. And I know there are many of you that are laughing, laughing right now at the idea that there could be some f- humility uh, found in this. Now, I want to talk to you about this, this idea of original intent, because this is going to, uh, if this is the if, if this is the narrative that is now being pushed, you're going to have to understand what this means, original intent. You have to know this. Because if we do not know this, if we do not know the standard of original intent, then we might be led to believe that the justices are actually acting in original intent when they're absolutely not acting in original intent. Not only that, you're going to have to judge them by a standard. But not only that, you're going to have to be able to defeat the naysayers. Uh, if I'm telling you, if this is the conservative narrative that's being pushed, the the progressive narrative is going to come back and talk about how original intent justices will bring back Jim Crow and chattel slavery. They're going to tell you that. They're going to they're bring forward the fact they're going to bring forward the error that the constitution declares men to be uh property that the constitution denies women the right to vote that the constitution denied the black people the right to vote or the right to own property they're gonna they're gonna resurface the propaganda, the anti-constitution hatred propaganda that they've been teaching since the 1830s, and they're going to start highlighting this. And you're going to have to know the truth. You're going to have to know it, because you're not going to get the truth from these from from the conservative narrative, who simply look. Those of you uh, who listened to our. Um, been listening all week to us, okay? The, our Miami people are a little bit new, but you, you can go back to com, listen to the past shows, get, at least get caught up from, from the new year. And I sat in Starbucks in the local coffee shop. I just made somebody mad because I sat in Starbucks. Sorry, I don't have an, any other coffee shop, okay? So I sat in Starbucks for two hours speaking to a, 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 PA, a woman who, held a, who holds a PhD, by her own profession, considers herself to be a highly educated woman who is married to a lawyer, Two highly educated people in their household. And we had a two-hour conversation right there in the coffee shop about the Constitution, about the true application of the Constitution, about original intent, about the sovereignty of the states. And she just said to me over and over again, why don't I know this? Why don't I know this? So these conservative talking heads are not going to be talking about this in their articles professing that our justices are going to be an original intent majority. They could not say that to begin with if they actually understood what original intent means. And so you and I, we are going to have to know that. And we're going to have to demand that this narrative of truth about original intent is brought forward. You're going to have to be educated on defeating those lies. So, a reasonable look at history is not what we're going to expect from the progressive left. And they're going to reach the opposite conclusion of original intent being as it really is. Original intent is the dedication to liberty and justice for all. That is the, the, the foundational premise of original intent. Liberty and justice for all. I know that's the Pledge of Allegiance, but that is the principles that we're talking about here. And so you're going to have to know that it was the infamous case of Scott v. U.S., which we now know as the Dred Scott t- decision, was not an example of original intent, but an example of judicial activism. Okay? Because the liberal progressives are going to tell you, well, if you go back to original intent, then you, you have to go back to accepting that Dred, S- Dred Scott is original intent. Dred Scott is not original intent. In Scott v. U.S., the Supreme Court through a series of historical errors, ignorance, and racist reasoning wrongly declared that the Constitution never intended to make black men citizens and therefore intended for them to be property. They ignored the history of, of freed blacks in America, ignored the drafters' own words in the ratification debates in the explanations of the meaning of the clauses of the Constitution, they inserted their own meaning into the Constitution's text that could not be found even in its plain reading. In spite of what the new Ginsburg movie says, yes, the word woman is not in the Constitution, but neither is the word man. The word that is used is people. welcome back to the chris ann hall daily journal this is our last segment of the show I want you to know that we have several articles at Chrisanhall.com that will help you give this education. This show is just a little over 30 minutes long. I can't teach you everything that you need to know. That's why we have libertyfirstuniversity.com where you can get this in-depth, hardcore training so that you can be part of this narrative that takes back the truth in history. I'm concerned. What? Here's my concern. Here's my concern with this this conservative push narrative to uh, declare our majority in the Supreme Court to be conservative, to declare our majority in the Supreme Court to be in one way or the other original intent. My concern is that the meaning of original intent will be redrafted. That the people in an injudicious zeal to find a hope in these justices. Because we don't teach original intent because we don't establish the standard of that meaning as a regular basis in society, in media, in the schools. My fear is that this definition of original intent will gather a whole new meaning in modern terms just so we can fit these justices in an original intent box and feel better about what's happening. That is my concern. And that's why I'm here with you today. Because we have got to... keep that from happening. The definitions of words change over time. You cannot deny that. When uh, Jefferson was a liberal, when Hamilton was a liberal, when, when Madison was a liberal, when Washington was a liberal, that word liberal meant that, li- that they were people who believed that liberty was a gift from God. Definitions of words change. In our state sovereignty class, you can get it at chrisannhall.com on DVD. You can become a student at Liberty First University and get the in-depth training. But look, I need you to know, we teach in the state sovereignty class that that word state, like the state of Florida, the state of Mississippi, the state of Missouri, the state of Michigan, that word state has changed its meaning since the states began their existence in 1776. Don't let that happen to original intent. Because original intent. Is where liberty. Is protected. Original intent. Is where liberty. Is secured for all. Original intent. Is a return to the principles that make America the desire of so many in those foreign countries for hundreds of years. Original intent declares that liberty is the right of all human beings and their government is established for one purpose, to protect those rights and not to regulate them. A return to original intent is an undeniable application of liberty and justice for all. A return to original intent says that we are able to be free individuals by choice, not permanent slaves by authoritarian stranglehold of government. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And when when they penned those words and signed their pledge to those words, they meant it just as it was written. Jefferson's original draft was was even more pointed in its anti-slave stance. They could have written all free men. They could have written all white men are created equal, but they did not. They were declaring that this this creator they referenced made all men, in a gender-neutral application there, my feminist friends. In his image, and, that through, and through this creation, all are inherently free. So original intent means liberty. It means the government doesn't tell you what you can eat, what you can wear, what you can smoke, what you can drink. They don't even regulate it. They don't even tax it. The federal government has no authority to offer health care, to be involved in your environment, involved in private businesses. Look, if you want original intent, you have to accept the consequence of self-governance. This is why original intent is the safeguard for all the people. But we can't allow that definition to be changed in order to fit the political narrative. God bless you guys. Go to chrisannhall.com and get educated on this issue. We'll post these articles today. Be blessed.